This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have a chock-a-block show for you this week. Denise Savante, President of Palmerston North, letting us know the updated schedule for the 75th anniversary of Palmerston North Bridge Club. Judge Julie's in, moaning at directors, Barry. There's plenty of that goes on, apparently. And Kermit. Creates a bit of chaos with our discussion this morning and her tip. So much chaos she had to repeat it. And we also have the terms and conditions of our competition. The Dirty Tricks competition. That's right. We have an update. We have increased our tickets. We've had a little cordial all together and instead of giving out a measly two tickets, yes, we did hear some feedback. So that ticket count has now been raised to four. So there'll be two tickets available for the Auckland screening and also two in Wellington. And for your South Islanders, we may do something for an on-screen session, but I'll have to talk to the purse strings man about that. Big thanks to the Hamilton Bridge Club for those four tickets. So the lowdown to win these tickets is you need to submit a poem. And that poem can't be a long, drawn-out saga, just a short poem about bridge or even dirty tricks. And I've got a little sample. Now, I haven't told Barry or Julian. We have a visitor, Julian Foster, regular visitor to Hamilton and New Zealand Congress, a New South Wales life member and also an ABF councilman. He's popped into the studio while he's on a quick trip and we're going to be talking to him shortly. Here is a sample of a poem. Julian, um, I'm worried about this. <laughs> this is not going to be good. So I hope just... you don't want me to compose one. <laughs> <laughs> that could be good. We've just had another look at the trailer and this is what I've come up with. Oh, and I best get a disclosure. If it upsets people, well... You know, at the Bridge Zone, we ask the hard questions. So here we go. This is my poem. Bridge champ, bridge lover, perhaps a bridge cheater. Write a poem and you could join me at Sky City Theatre. No more than five lines and it doesn't need to rhyme. Check out the trailer. It's called Dirty Tricks. And you decide if Lotum Fisher is a cheating prick. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had nothing to do with that, folks. If you're going to complain to the Broadcasting Commission. Would you like me to read it again? Mariana Cullen is the name that you need to quote. Okay. <laughs> if we've got any budding Somerset Mourns, he was a bridge player, I think, wasn't he, Julian? Well, yeah, he wrote poetry, didn't he? Or wrote something? Or George Bernard Shaw or any other poets you can think of? Send your palms in. Did What's you like that address? My poem? What poem was that? <laughs> I don't think you like my poem, but if you'd like me to read it, I can print it up on New Zealand Bridge, but they may not publicise it. So send in a poem, no more than five lines, and like I said, it doesn't need to rhyme, but you need to send it to bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. What could go wrong? <laughs> Couldn't be worse than that one. 
there you go. We've been talking about it, and we don't want to sensationalise the guy. You decide. Is he a cheater or not? I don't think there's any doubt that I might be biased. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the bridge world decided a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think they did. So, uh, But, I mean, hey, look, uh, I guess we were just talking with Julian earlier. Any publicity is good publicity for the game of bridge. It doesn't get much. Good morning, Denise, and thank you for joining the Bridge Zone. She is the president of the Palmerston North Bridge Club, and they are hosting their 75th anniversary next Saturday. Good morning, Mariana. How are you going? Great to be here. Thank you, Denise. Mariana learned to play at the Palmerston North Bridge Club, like so many of the famous bridge players throughout New Zealand. That is a statement, Barry. Did you hear that? I did hear. Got to ask Denise, where does the list start? The list? So for our Jubilee, which is on the 30th of May, we're having a champagne lunch and we're inviting all our former and current members to come and join us. And we're absolutely delighted to have our oldest member, Lorna Black, who joined the club in 1954, will be attending the event. And all the celebrities for the club since then. 1954, hang on a minute, that's 67, 67 years ago, yeah. The club was um, founded in 1946, so she was very much an early member. We're yeah. absolutely thrilled she's able to join us. That's great, and she still plays regularly? or uh, no. You know, not not <laughs> no, anymore? No? She doesn't play anymore, but we'll be playing at the event. So we'll have a champagne lunch, and then we're having a session of No Fear Bridge, followed by a potluck dinner, and a further session of No Fear Bridge, and... Lorna and her daughter Kathy are going to stay on after the champagne lunch and join us for the afternoon session, so that will be amazing. Awesome. Okay, that's really good. So some of the better-known members, some of these famous bridge players, that's the list I was interested in. And Mariana's sort of waving her hands around uh, Denise, but I wasn't really thinking of her. I think he means like New Zealand honours and all that sort of thing. Okay, so we have got a celebrity speaker coming to join us, Scott Smith who has represented New Zealand in the youth team, and he learned to play at Palmerston North as a schoolboy with the whole of his family and has gone on to be one of our great players. And we have another couple, Bob and Ev Hurley, who met at the Bridge Club in the early 1970s, and they're probably amongst the most successful partnerships in the country, still playing, still are a very much revered members of our club, and they'll be at the event Great article, yeah. by the way, Denise. I did read an article about Bob and Eve uh, somewhere. Know, it was really I good. Know. Yeah. What, mm. what a love story that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. So who else have you got coming, Denise? Well, I haven't looked through the entire list, but we're pretty sure we'll have well over 100, 150 people at the event. So that will oh. be great. We're going to be presenting some awards, and we'll have our local MP, Changi Uchikeri, will do those for us. And we'll unveil a plaque commemorating the event and we'll also be introducing a new jubilee trophy for our outstanding member of the year which will be named after brian northcott one of our early members and he will be presenting that on the day but i won't spoil the surprise for who will be awarded with that so you've got great club rooms down there at palmy you'll hold 150 no trouble denise the club rooms are wonderful they're probably amongst the best club rooms in the country it means we're able to host 
national events as well as our own tournaments. So we'll be hosting the North Island Pairs at the end of July. And we have our very famous Christmas cheer tournament every year, which yeah. draws people from around the country. And I see the club rooms have gone through a little bit of a do-up. You've got a bright blue in there. It looks pretty stunning. <laughs> the club rooms are looking great at the moment. And the other thing that we'll be doing at the Jubilee event will be we'll be revealing our Jubilee project, which will be another upgrade for our club rooms and wow. grounds. That's going to be very exciting. Looking forward to that. 150 people, Barry. Yeah. Well, I hope. I, yes. just, I just hope the bar can cope. <laughs> they oh, don't have worry got about a that. decent bar. A very <laughs> decent bar. <laughs> yes, don't worry about that. If uh, people still want to drink after the champagne lunch, there'll by, be plenty of By all <laughs> accounts, Denise and Mariana have tried out that bar on numerous occasions, so we'll, we'll yeah. trust that it's correct. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm looking forward well. to coming down and celebrating and seeing everybody. Uh, oh, we're so looking forward to seeing you again, Mariana, mm. too. Yeah. Hey, Denise, what's the current membership of the club? 160, and we've got 10 people going through lessons at the moment. And you're young, up and coming. Is Jack James still doing the lessons? Jack James, he's a bit of an international superstar, actually. He'll be representing New Zealand in the Australian youth match this weekend. He had to take time off on Monday morning so that they could practice. Monday evening mm -hmm. from the lessons so he could practice. Jack has been an amazing member of our club. He set up during lockdown last year, he set up a system of using Discord where we could all continue to play together as a club online. And he's also had a meteoric rise this year. I can't remember exactly how many A points he's won this year, but he's one to watch, definitely. Absolutely. And he won the Canterbury teams just this weekend, just gone with Jeremy Fraser. Oh, he won't be able to get through the door of the club room soon if he carries on like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's playing with Leon Meyer from, I think he's Wellington, is he? Yeah, so. No, no, he's, he's Christchurch. Christchurch in the youth event. So you're already watching him, aren't you? you oh, guys? absolutely. Yeah, we are. You're we try to, keep, try to give it up. Yep, back the young guys and Leon, of yeah. course. I had that yeah, personal no. experience of getting up at Hupper 3 to take him to the bus stop. <laughs> Actually, to catch a bus to Palmy so that he could play in the chess champs. Because he's like Jack, he plays chess as well as bridge. Amazing. Well, thanks, Denise. I'm sure you'll have a great weekend. And no, we will. Please report back to us and tell us who behaved and who didn't. I'd be delighted to. Thank you so much, <laughs> Barry and Mariana. Okay, see you later, Denise. Bye for now. Yes, see you soon. Okay. Bye for Julian, welcome to the Bridge Zone. Thank you very much. Good to be here. You've got a long history of administration with Bridge. Yes, for my sins. I think when I was living in Cambridge in the UK... Someone sort of tapped me on the shoulder whether I wanted to join that committee. That was 1991. Right. And I think I've been on some sort of bridge committee somewhere pretty much ever since. <laughs> it's 30 years. You've done your time. I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, it's, it's some good things about bridge. The reason Julian's over here is to, to visit Jenna Gibbons. So there's a bit of, you know, trans-Tasman hospitality. Romance. We haven't seen much of each other in the last year and a half, sadly. No. It's the first time I've been over since, well, March last year. Yeah. So yeah. how's COVID still affecting the Australian bridge clubs? It's got a lot better now. We had our lockdown back in March, like you did originally. Mm -hmm. It's varied a lot around the country since then, though, because some states sort of got back to normal, I guess, a lot quicker than others. Victoria probably had it the worst, so we had long lockdown. I'm from Sydney. We've had sort of in-between. We've sort of had most of the clubs 
are now sort of reopening, but it's been a fairly slow process. And there's still some that are shut down and there's all sorts of different precautions being taken. We've got like enlarged tables, for example, to keep people further apart. How big are they? They started off experimenting by putting four card tables sort of in a square. They decided that was too big. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so it was just to keep the four people at a physical distance. Yeah, Yeah, for the social distancing. But that wasn't really practical because you could barely see dummy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) At least the NSWBA where I've been playing, they sort of actually had some sort of handmade sort of enlarged tables. So they're probably about double the size of a normal table in total. And people are actually getting to really like them because by the time you've got all the paraphernalia like a bridge mate and bidding boxes and score sheets and this, that and the other, it can get a bit congested. We're actually quite liking the big ones. Obviously, eventually we'll have to go back because it's cutting the capacity of the club. So give people somewhere to put their coffee as well. Tell us about these Ziploc bags, Julian. What was the story with those? Again, people are paranoid, perhaps with good reason, for touching things and stuff. Duplicate bridge is probably about one of the worst things you could possibly have for COVID, I guess, with people touching cards Mm. and boards and everything. Some clubs have actually had a separate set of boards for each table. But something else that people have been doing is they've been wrapping the bridge mates in a Ziploc bag so you don't actually touch the buttons on the bridge mate all the time. The ABF did a pretty good thing in that they organised with BBO to have what they call virtual clubs. It originated in the US. The Australian clubs can sort of run a virtual session on BBO. The players Mm. pay BBO dollars, and some of those dollars BBO pays to the ABF, who in turn pay the clubs. So that's enabled quite a few clubs to sort of keep getting some money in, even while they haven't been able to play face-to-face bridge. So that's been pretty successful. And the real bridge platforms sort of started more recently as well. Like I play the tournament sessions at the NSWBA, and we've been playing those on real bridge on a Monday night since about last September now. It's obviously there's no substitute for real face-to-face, but it's been pretty popular and it's enabled people from a fair way out that can't normally come to Sydney to play in person and allows them to play in the sessions. So do you know if all the states are now back to -to face-to-face bridge? I believe they are, yeah. Um, And what about the tournament world? Are they sort of underway and... Back to normal? I wouldn't say back to normal yet, but certainly it's starting up again now. The first and the last major national tournament we had prior to COVID was the Gold Coast 2020. There was a national tournament in Tasmania in April, and the most recent big one that was the our Autumn Nationals that took place in Adelaide just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that was probably the first major one. The Do you know thing- what the attendance was like there? Was it? I was there. It was great because we were able to see each other again in yeah. person. So, <laughs> so many people from interstate. Do you know if the numbers were sort of comparable to last? I think they were pretty similar, yeah. Um, I know in New Zealand when we started having tournaments, <laughs> the numbers were huge. People just wanted to get back to, to face-to-face bridges. That's so. right. So we got the Victor Champion Cup is the main one. That's in Melbourne in June. They're up to 60-something teams, I think, already. Australian National Championships are over in Perth this year. It's all beginning to start up again, which is great to see. And who's your normal bridge partner? My regular partner is a guy called David Weston, Mm -hmm. um, who actually runs the ABF Master Point Centre. Right. We've been playing together since probably about the year 2000 now. We're probably one of the longer established partnerships now in Australia. I mean, we both play with other people as well. And what system do you play? Probably stems from my English roots. I learned ACOL <laughs> in England initially. And so we play a week no trump and five card majors. They're just three week twos. Fairly simple stuff. Not too many gadgets. And I noticed that you snuck down and picked up some New Zealand master points at the Potoru 8B during the week. I did, yes. Well, when Jenna and I were talking about when we were going to sort of catch up again, after the travel bubble opened towards the end of April, 
I sort of said, so what are your movements late April? I'm, I want to try and come over. And there was this sort of silence because then she sort of reluctantly admitted that, well, actually, I've already booked flights to Sydney. Ah. So luckily she'd mentioned that or we might have found ourselves crossing over. (laughs) (laughs) So she was over for sort of the Anzac Day weekend in Australia just recently. So then I arranged to come over. So I'm here for a week now. But there wasn't really any bridge over here this last weekend. The only real tournament she could find was this 8B and I can't pronounce the place name, I'm sorry. Patararu. Yeah. Or That's probably how I'd pronounce it. So we played there last Thursday. It was a very pleasant day. I say I haven't played many face-to-face tournaments. Lovely day. And you're heading back prior to the Zone 7 trials. I am, yes. So I'm the non-playing captain of the Australian mixed team. So that's next Saturday and Sunday. It's a Zone 7 playoff, Australia New Zealand. Funnily enough, I was reading Barry's system card on the plane over because Barry and Jenny are part of the New Zealand team that we're playing against. Before we get into the Zone 7 event, get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Good morning, team. What have we got this morning? My tip this week is... Choose the level of your preempt and go there. Now, aren't preempts wonderful things? When <laughs> someone preempts in front of you, it's so annoying. So you've got to make decisions that you really don't want to make at that higher level. When you are preempting, you choose the level of your preempt and you go there. So whether it's your opening bid or in response to partners' opening bid, Choose the level that you want to go to. What you don't want to happen is to choose the level and then them take a bid and you think, I wish I'd preempted one level higher. You certainly can't, well, you shouldn't take another bid after you've chosen the level of your preempt. If you preempt three spades and they bid four hearts, you can't really bid four spades now. The preempt does two things it makes it difficult for the opposition, but it also is very descriptive to your partner. So when you choose your level, you're describing to your partner in any further action, it's really up to them what to do after you've preempted. Yeah, but surely if partner tanks for a bit, you can bid one more, can't you? Oh! oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Here we go. He's started and, a war. And you, yeah, and you do see that sometimes. Now, I've got a question for you both. Oh, and this was a hand from the Canterbury Open teams. It was in the last match. And my left-hand opponent was lucky enough to be vulnerable, dealer, in holding a 10-card spade suit. Wow. Missing the ace and two small ones, a 10-card spade suit, and your opponents are not vulnerable. Your bid. Yeah, well, this is not a situation that's going to come up often. I'm I'm just an old-fashioned boy. I'm going to bid four, but it might be right to bid five or even six. what's your call, Miriana? I'm five. He's going to be five. five. We've got Julian in the studio and he's not expecting this. Oh, okay, let's ask him. Oh, I'd probably open four, I think. Okay, yeah. now she's going to tell us why we're wrong, Julian. <laughs> I might get on to five oh, later. Well, I, don't, I don't know that you are wrong. It's just a very interesting hand. A lot of people that opened four were allowed to play there. Oh. A lot of people that opened four, the opponents bid the six diamonds and went off. So it went four spades five diamonds and that got lifted to six one down 
Interestingly though, it was actually a good move on this particular hand to bid five spades. It just goes one off. At our table, I'm not skiting, we're in five hearts double making. It's a really tricky one because you're vulnerable against not, and who knows what's right. It's always easy to work that out after you've seen the cards. You get that very often. Uh, well, that's right. Six. It sounds like you can't yeah. come to too much harm in, in five spades, can you? And Julian yeah. did say that he was going to break the cardinal rule and bid again. I don't know, a hand like that maybe calls for yeah. it. But One shot yeah. lot. That's what I've been told. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought this hand up because it's kind of like undoing my tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't worry. There will not be a proliferation of tin card suits popping up around the country anytime soon, I hope. No. I think after all that discussion, I think you should re-say what your tip is. Just so we oh, get it. Okay. My tip was choose the level of your preempt and go there. There you go. And then shut the hell mm. up. She didn't put that bit in. That was me. <laughs> I thought that was implied. That was implicit in the statement, but some people don't always get that implicit thing of shut up, Barry, so maybe it doesn't need to be. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. <laughs> And before we join back with Julian Foster from Australia, we're going to head into Judge Julie. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. This morning, we want to talk about what happens on the rare occasion when you might disagree with what the director has said. I'm not too sure about it being that rare. I would actually say that over recent times that it feels like the players are a bit more argumentative with the director. It's difficult if you don't agree with the director and particularly in situations where the situation at the table is upsetting. But we should accept the director's ruling in good grace. There are various things you can do if you don't agree with what the director's doing. If you feel like you're getting a raw deal, if you feel like you're not being listened to, first of all, if it isn't an immediate issue and it's not just a straightforward ruling out of the rule book, we can talk about it later. It can get adjusted later. We can go and talk to a player or a director with first checking if they're likely to be on an appeal committee and say what the situation was and ask what they should do. You can appeal a director's ruling. You can ask them to review their ruling. You can do all of this without having a stand-up argument. And I know people get upset. And even if it's something as simple as the revoke law, a lot of the time it is a misunderstanding. We should still be happy to just say thank you to the director and can I talk to you about this later? I want to talk to somebody and then I would like to talk to you about it later. Just something without actually having an argument with people. And directors can be wrong. They can be appallingly wrong. We all are human and we all make mistakes. Tell me again, Julie, what you were saying earlier about if you're wanting to ask somebody else about something, don't pick somebody who's on the appeal committee or whatever. Well, when you've been a friend of court, we have it at, at Congress where we have people that are listed in, at Congress as people you can talk to to ask advice. And most of you, the people listening, will have people that are playing in a tournament when they are playing that they can either ask or who will point them in the right direction. So if they're going to be on the appeal committee, they, they can't talk to you about it? No, because 
we want to hear all the facts from the director. We want to hear both sides of what happened because sometimes they can definitely be different so that we can make a judgment. And if we have heard somebody's point of view and argument before anyone else, you've got knowledge that you shouldn't have beforehand. So it might predispose you to one ruling or another. Not that that really happens, but it's just making sure that everything is seen to be absolutely done correctly. Thank you very much. Okay, well, have a good day. Bye. Bye. Let's jump back to our in-studio guest, Julian Foster. I'm sure you're not over here to spy on us. I've got the teams here, Julian. Obviously, the Australian Open team, pretty strong one with Peter Gill, Sartash Hans, Michael Courtney and Paul Wire in the team. What do you think their chances are of, of knocking off the New Zealand Open team? Yeah, they're a pretty strong team. The only thing I'd say from your point of view is I haven't seen those partnerships playing together that much recently. Right. Our team is Matthew Brown and Michael Wibley, Nick Jacob and Gaia Tislevol, Peter Newell and Martin Reed. It's going to be interesting. Couldn't help but notice, yeah. Julian, when I was looking through the Australian teams, there's a fairly fairly strong New Zealand influence on nearly every one of them. Well, Michael Courtney, who's been living in New Zealand until recently, the seniors team's got Stephen Burgess, the women's team's got Susan Humphreys in it, and in the mix you've got Tanya Lloyd, so I sort of feel like more New Zealanders than Australians playing in this thing. Yeah, I think that's true. It's been the case for many years though, hasn't it? There's been an awful lot of top Kiwi players that have moved to Australia and done extremely well well the women's team how do you think the woman will go they should go all right jessica and susan have become one of the rising stars of women's bridge and recently in australia i mean i play a bit with giselle mundell so she and i play mixed together we actually lost the final of the mixed playoffs last year to the current mixed team so i got a little bit of compensation when they asked me to captain them instead was that the short straw julian or are you not allowed to say no, I'm <laughs> delighted to be asked. Sadly, we couldn't get to go anywhere, of course, because the World Championships yeah. all got canned. Well, hang on. Are we going to have a bet? <clears throat> we have a bet on the bridge zone, Julian, when there's something that we think is pretty substantial. And I think since you're the captain of the Australian mixed team and Barry's actually in mixed team, we should have a bet. It's normally $2. <laughs> <laughs> Winner takes all. I mean, very high stakes in the bridge zone. Oh, I think I can just about afford that. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like Julian's probably, if he's going to be on air, he's probably he's probably too scared to not select all five Australian teams to win. <laughs> Are you prepared to put put everything on the line and, and say say which ones you think won't win? I think no. Australia will win all of them, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a bit biased, so I'm going to have to put my money just on the mix. I'll put my money on the New Zealand team. He's the NPC of the, of the Australian mix team. I know. Team. He, he can't not pick the mix team, otherwise he probably would be stopped at the border on the way home. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I hope that'll be good matches. I think they're pretty close matches, I think, in pr- pretty all the categories, actually. Yeah, Bridge is a funny game, though. Sometimes <laughs> it can be a blowout, can't they? And, oh, yeah. um, Okay, Julian, so I can't ask you to say who's going to win and who's going to lose, but I I can ask you, there's five events, and I'm predicting it's going to be 4-1 to the Kiwis. There you go. What what do you think, Julian? (laughs) Have we got $2 on that? (laughs) We've got $2. (laughs) What do you think? Are you going to say 5-0? Because I think that would be highly optimistic. I'll be even-handed. I reckon 3-2 to Australia. How about that? Four 16-board stanzas in each one. If you have a bad 16 boards... You can be a long way behind after the first 
after the first stanza, it's hard to catch up. It'll be interesting to see how it goes doing it on sort of online using the Real Bridge platform again. Well, that's it from us for the Bridge Zone. We'd like to thank all of our guests today: Denise Savante, Julian Foster, Judge Julian Kermit. We've done pretty well. Catch you later. Bye for now. Bye. New Zealand Bridge sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.